The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It is Sunday night, May 2nd. I am Scott Jenstead, as you see on the screen there. Joined, as always, on Sunday nights by the wonderful Jeff Erickson. If you guys could please rate or review the podcast, uh, we do appreciate that. I know I say that every week, but it does go a long way towards helping people find the podcast, etc. So we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, we are uh, we are live on StreamYard here. So if anybody's joining us uh, here, uh, welcome. I'm glad to uh, glad you jump on. And it's the late at night time. I hopefully you're on. If you're on the East Coast, it's really late. If you're on the West Coast, uh, not too bad. Jeff, how are you? We got it's May. We're in the we're in week six of the baseball season. It's flying. Yeah, uh, I'm doing well. I'm a little loopy. Had my second uh, vaccination on Friday, and a little, nice. little of Congrats. that. Leftover. Congrats on that, though. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited actually to get it done. Uh, but nobody cares about it. I, I, I'm I'm in awe of you because you mentioned Sam Burns on the Gaming Golf Podcast on Tuesday. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate it there. Uh, but I uh, got a winner in Sam Burns on the uh, golf podcast. So I uh, got to shout that one to the heavens. We're a, not really a, good a, at self-promotion. A, ni- a 90 to one winner, Jeff. Yes. Uh, and you know, a we're, long we're, shot. Those are hard to find. I was, I was pretty fired up by that. And it was, it was a fun tournament to watch. Yeah. Ken Kreitz won't be upset about us not talking, leaving off with baseball right away, just because we want to promote the, this other podcast that we're doing too. But exactly. anyways, uh, that's yeah. on Tuesdays. So tune in on that. And all that, but we got a lot of baseball to talk. Uh, it's been a very active weekend, pretty good week for me in baseball. So, uh, you know, you know, there's a lot of injuries though for us to cover. It was uh, it was a horrible week here. It was uh, a week of injuries, bad performances. I got uh, I got Austin Gombert on uh, last Monday, so it was uh, I was like top 25 in the overall the main event, and now I'm not in the top 100. I don't think so. It was one of those weeks where you know it's early. Um, you know, there's a lot of movement right now, but uh, one of those things that it happens. 
But I want to talk about week six. I want to talk about Fab. Fab was interesting this week in the terms of like it wasn't a lot of huge names, but I, I looked at my leagues. There were like a couple multiple guys that went over 100 bucks. So I want to talk about that. Uh, there's a lot of injuries to talk about. We'll get to that also. And there's a bunch of players at the end I want to talk about. Uh, you know, guys that uh, are either overperforming, underperforming, struggling, whatever it may be. But uh, let's talk about week six first. Um, there's 12 teams that play seven games this week. Jeff, we still have two teams that play five. Uh, the White Sox and your wonderful Reds. Yeah, everyone's got to take their turn. Uh, kind of uh, one of the offshoots of uh, interleague play, unfortunately, is you know because there's the odd number of teams in each league, there's yep. by definition always an interleague series. When you have an interleague series, there's almost always a lot of two-game series. So unfortunately, that leads to a lot of five-game weeks like we have here. We do, we do. We've got the, the White Sox. So that, they're actually playing each other. The White Sox and Cincinnati obviously playing each other on Tuesday. Uh, that's a note, though. If that isn't, that is the one AL team in an NL park. Although, uh, Jeff, I'm not sure the White Sox have any players left that can that can sit for the uh, not DH. And yet, still, Andrew Vaughn will not have a way to play. That's going to be the amazing. You got to you got to think he plays now. Luis Robert, uh, we're going to hit that, but goes on the goes on the IL today. Uh, you got to think Va- Vaughn seems to be playing a little bit more. You got to think now it's it's pretty much has to be full time, right? You would think so, uh, but not really. I think it's Lurie Garcia. I'm leery of Lurie, but uh, he's oh. going to qualify a lot of places, and he's going to run, and you know, Tony LaRusa loves himself some speedy guys, so I, I think they'll find a way to do that. I think some of it is defense, though. I mean, some of the reason why Vaughn yeah. doesn't play as much is he's a first baseman trying to play left field. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, do you think that we're going to get any weird Rocky stuff with them playing Matt Adams over CJ Crone at first base, uh, any more than they should like once a week? Uh, don't it's even pain. want, I don't even want to think about that. It's dude. painful. Isn't it painful? I mean, nothing against Matt Adams, actually. I mean, I'd like to see him. I mean, he's actually a pretty ideal platoon partner if you're going to have platoons, but yeah, I, I have too much invested in Crone. So yeah. I'm, I'm self-interested in my response, which means I can't really, you know, but if I'm really being fair, I I don't think it's likely to be that. I mean, but all it takes is Crone to hit another slump. And let's face it, one thing he doesn't do is hit for average. And if that it continues to be the case, if he has another cold spell, you know, he could be on the wrong side of a platoon real fast. Yeah. He started he started slow and then he then he picked it up. So I really, I mean. I can't fathom I mean, it. It's the wrong side of the platoon. Do I? I can't fathom they they have Crone sit more than I don't know. You'd think once a week, but uh, and Adams can can pinch hit a bunch. Maybe uh, you know pinch hit late in games. But I really hope they don't do it. I think Crone could be uh, could be a monster if he just can sit there and play the whole season. Right, and I, I think that I mean I don't think it's a coincidence the Rays and the Twins let him go after thirty homer seasons. I I, I think. That he, I don't think he offers a ton defensively, and he doesn't hit for average. Maybe he strikes out a little too much. He, it's fun when he gets a hold of one, yeah. but I, and that, his skill set wasn't considered that valuable at, at times, so, at least for the cost it was coming to. Someone's asking uh, what actor you look like. The answer is Ryan Reynolds. Jeff looks like Ryan Reynolds, so that's what we're going to go with. Do um, I? No. I haven't heard that one before. I was just trying to give you a compliment. Um, oh, thank you. I, I do appreciate any compliment <laughs> I can take. I mean, they're few, they're far and fleeting. So before before we get to Fab, let's talk about some good schedules this week. Uh, I think I like the Twins most of the schedules. They play seven games. They have four against at Texas, which is not the best place to hit, but I like hitting against those pitchers. Then three at home against uh, against the Tigers. Uh, obviously, none of those guys you really worry about pitching wise. I think it's a big week. A big week for the Minnesota offense this week. They need a big week. What's the weather supposed to be like there? Well, uh, Texas will be indoors, which is nice. I don't know what the weather is like uh, next weekend in Minnesota, but uh, yeah. it's got you got to be thinking it's warming up by now, right? You would think, but it is Minnesota. They have two seasons. Uh, it's winter and June. 
It's uh, 61, 61 and sunny on Friday. It dips down a little bit to 54 on Saturday and 57 on Sunday. Okay, no sleet storms. That's that's a start. Compare that to the last time they were home when they were playing Pittsburgh and it looked miserable there. And that was, by the way, a weekend ago. Um, that's why I get a little wary still in Minnesota. But, yeah, that's one thing we didn't have last year. We didn't have the, the you, know, you know, hey, let's fade those Minnesota hitters in April. We forgot to talk about that, really. Yeah, we did. I think we were just so excited there were actually there was actually baseball in April, but uh, we talked about a little bit. Season, yeah, yeah, we talked a little about cores, but I think the the cold weather and rainouts were were tough in a lot of spots, and you get a lot of those those nine games get get rained out into seven inning games that uh, you're losing at bats there too. Uh, the A's are interesting this week. They have seven home games, but they get six lefties. You don't see that very often. Um, a good week if you wanted to slide in Stephen Piscotty. He'll probably play a bunch this week. I wish Chad Pinder was back because it'd be a good week for him. Um, Jeff, I want to ask you, Sean Murphy's hitting cleanup right now. I think that uh, there's not more than probably two or three catchers I'd want the rest of the way over Murphy, I think. Uh, I think it's uh, I think it's it's coming, and it's now, and he's hitting cleanup. He's hitting fourth or fifth. Now that Olsen's back, probably dropped down to fifth. But in the middle of that lineup, a good week for Sean Murphy getting six lefties. Yeah, for sure. In fact, we saw that a little bit uh, you know, with the, the series against the Rays. I think he homered twice in that series. You can see it. It's coming. Did you, did you, see, think- the home, did you see the homer off Diego Castillo? I uh, did. Yes, it was oh. very nice. Yeah, they're like 450. I was like, "There's no way that was only 450." It's one of those like perfect launch angle, perfect swing home runs. Yeah. It was, uh, it was beautiful. It didn't mean anything. They ended up losing in the ninth, but uh, it was, it was nice. Anyway, did you happen to see uh, Ramon Laureano's eighth inning today? Yeah, that was that was eventful. Uh, that was first, awesome. that catch where he yeah. face planted and made the, and held on, made the great catch, and then Oppo Bapo. I mean, that's a, that's a great inning right there. Yeah, talk talk about having an inning. He's one of the. He's so weird. He's like just fully intense at all times. Even like the the post game interview, he was like still fully in like game mode yeah. and intense. And there's I don't know if there's an off button with the mode. I don't know how friendly or nice he'd be to hang out with. But I tell you what, he is intense and full go at all times. And uh, he had a throw earlier this week that was insane. Threw out a guy at third. And uh, when he's healthy and going, he's a really exciting guy to watch. Hard to believe that he got in a fight with the entire opposing team still at one time. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, you know, provoked or otherwise, still uh, not certainly, certainly provoked. It sounded like oh, I, I absolutely provoked. But uh, sometimes some some are some players are easy more easily provoked than others. But you know what? We want to see a healthy season from him. And one of the things is, you know, he goes full out, runs into walls, which is one of the reasons why you don't often get full healthy seasons from him. It's true. So. Knocking on the wood of my desk here and hoping that he stays healthy for the rest. Yeah, of the that year. Uh, that catches an example of a great play, but you're like, yeah, oh, you know, a little bit one way or the other, and you're gonna get hurt doing that. But uh, there's no off button there, which is which is fun as a right. fan. But yeah, you do always worry about that. Uh, it's, the red- it's a good thing that uh, no other outfielders are getting hurt this year. So oh, he, he's, you know, if you you've got three other replacements. It's I, I literally like it's I was doing fab today, and like every time I was like, I think I'm set. Somebody else got hurt, and I had to go adjust. It was. It was crazy. We'll get into injuries, but it was just, it was a wild, wild weekend of injuries and none of, and all like a lot of big names too, which is maddening. Yeah. Uh, Red Sox have a good schedule this week too. I like them. They only play six games, but they're another team that gets, they get three in Fenway against Detroit and then three in Camden Yards against Baltimore. That's about a perfect six game match if you can get there. That's like, ex- that's exactly what you want. It's a lot of, uh, a lot of JD Xander, uh, Devers this week. I know that you want all the Red Sox week in DFS in, uh, in season long. I think it's be a big Boston week too. Yeah. Uh, now the question is, did you fall into the Admiral Admiral Akbar pitcher of the week this week in Nick Pavetta or Martin Perez facing those Tigers? So I I didn't. Uh, I looked at Pavetta closely just because he's been good, and I just every time I look, I see the walks, I freak out a little bit, and I, I stayed away. I'm uh, I'm probably a little gun shy after getting smoked on the Austin Gomber two step. Although he did get a win the second start, he did make up for a little bit, yeah. but that 
that first start. Like it is funny because everybody's like, oh, he can't face the Giants, all the kind of stuff. He would have gotten smoked against him. He just had no stuff that night. He he let every curveball he threw was literally belly button high, just hanging. It was he just had no stuff that night. He would have gotten smoked by anybody. It was just the, a bad time for him to have no stuff coming out of the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, he had the Joe Ross week where he got torched yeah. in the first start, and then a pretty he sneakily gave you a win in the second one there. But you already like reflexively singing, "I am, I am, Gomber man." <laughs> But uh, you know, I, I still I still dropped him as, as quickly as I could this week. Yeah, I know. Uh, I did pick up Pavetta in one of my uh, OCs, and I did pick up Martin Perez. I think for a bare minimum in another. Just I, I, going for the Tiger start. I mean, they yeah. are so bad right now, Scott. Corey Kluber housed them, and Kluber looked good, but like he, he, they they just have nothing right now. Yeah. I did read a note about how you know the catcher change is helping a lot of these Yankees pitchers, including Kluber today. Uh, that just calling for pitches and sequences, framing, all that. I mean, it does matter. Um, whether it's attribution error or not is debatable, but, you know, they are pitching better now. It was yeah. Baltimore and Detroit this week, so that's the other and thing. And it's funny, you and I talked uh, last week, we're like, you know, if people were about the Yankees, like, it's going to get healthy, it's going to happen here, and this is, this is the start of it, Baltimore and Detroit, but it's funny you watch Kluber. He had his, he had the highest uh, swing and miss on his changeup in his career today. So like clearly they're calling something right. The pitch is working well. He looked really good. It's funny there was a, it was a two run lead late when when Chapman came in and the Yankees now just like you just can't look at anybody on base on base for Miguel Cabrera. It's just too dangerous to have him at the tying run. And I'm like, you mean the Miguel Cabrera is hitting 115 right now? Like we're not. Yeah. This is not. This is not 2011. Like I don't know what I don't know what they're looking at, but like Miguel Cabrera is not very good right now. No, he isn't. Um, it, there, it's the idea of it. It's every time Albert Pujols does something positive, you know, they like or or Miggy, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you know, you can't do that to the, this veteran here. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's a reflex. I mean, we all have it to a certain extent, and I know I I lapse into you know announcer criticism all the time. Don't get me wrong, like you know, watching Sports Center tonight, and they're talking. Can you believe this wasn't the friendly confines? This was Cincinnati where these homers were going. Have you seen a game in Great American Ballpark? There's a reason why they call it Great American Small Park. It was, um, it was, yeah. spe- it was especially jumpy today, too. Yes, it was. I mean, but, uh, you know, it's like, yeah. And, and you know, it just, yeah, we all have those reflexes that, that, you know, okay, this is what it used to be. It's tough to kind of break out of that. I it do is. that, too, from time to time. You know, things change. You know, ballpark, ballparks change sometimes. So it's, the perception's it's, up. It's been a while since Miggy coming to the plate, like, really scared you a lot, though. Right. I mean, he can run into one just like anybody else. And because and he, especially because he's all he's doing is going for the downs with every swing. His OBP is under 200 right now. Yeah. It's yeah, not that, good. It's not good. Uh, Colorado, we talked about earlier. We're talking about CJ Crone. They're home for the first half of the week. The Giants are going into uh, going to Coors Field, facing three righties. Um, I'm hoping we get a little bit of Alex Dickerson action. Mike Talkman was a big pickup this week, too. Um, yeah. Got to think they both play uh, the first cut, the first three games just because it's all righties. Um, Alex Dickerson's kind of hanging by a thread, though. He needs to get warm right now. Otherwise, that that, that crowded outfield is going to be a problem when once Mike Yastrzemski comes back. Yeah, I, I was just going to mention Yastrzemski. That's like that's the big issue. I mean, Talkman's a nice little ad. I think they did well. They got Wandy Peralta for nothing, and then flipped, turned him into Mike Talkman. Uh, and we'll see how what happens when uh, everybody comes back. But I mean, Talkman's a nice little fit. He couldn't get any playing time with the Yanks this year, but he can play a little. Yeah, I think I think so too. We'll talk about him when we get to Fab too. He was a guy that was that was pretty popular in the pickups. Uh, anything else for week uh, seven that you uh, really jumped out, or I guess week six? Week six jumped out to you uh, before we get to the the Fab for this week. 
No, I mean, I, it's, I mean, the Reds, they, they can kind of figure out a little bit of their bullpen maybe this week, but they only have, I mean, they can rest some guys a lot. I, I just think, to, you know, today was like a giant write off. So if you are a TJ Antone guy, I mean, this was bad. But I mean, he he hung a pitch to Ian Happ, and he hung it, and Happ smoked it. I mean, it's going to happen. And you throw that many breaking pitches, it's going to happen. He just happened. It just happened to uh, to get out when he when he did it. I mean, make a mistake, and he paid for it. But I I still think that TJ Ontone's really really good, and it's going to have a great season. Home runs are down in baseball, except this one game single handedly changed that. But yeah, right. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, uh, everybody was throwing hangers though in that game. I mean, uh, Tyler Malley threw a couple that just were nothing balls, and you know, to to the Cubs' credit, they hammered them. I, I just think it was one of those days, and and they happen, and you see, and it kind of just it just kind of rolls, and you know, it snowballs, and you're in trouble. If the Reds have a uh, save opportunity on Tuesday, if you had to bet, who gets the save opportunity as a Reds fan? Mm, Antone, followed by Doolittle, followed by Sims, followed by Garrett, and any one of those four has a chance. I, I think that's the problem. Is any of those four had a chance? If I had to bet, I think Garrett gets the next one for some reason. Yeah, two last two outings have been good. Yeah, and, he pitched. He pitched later than everybody else today. Maybe he just wanted to pitch. They they threw him an extra innings, but um, great. He wanted to fight the entire Cubs team. But um, I think that's one of the reasons why they were gonna. They're ho- hoping not yeah. to have to use him today. To be honest, <laughs> I mean, you, so that was weird. By the way, that, so tenth inning, Garrett comes in. You know, runner on second. Yeah, gets the first guy. They intentionally walk the next guy. Gets the next guy. They pull him, and you know that what? was a weird. The pitcher, right? Or the pitcher, a pinch hitting pitcher. Jake Arietta came in because, and David Bell had to get the platoon advantage against Jake Arietta, I guess. I mean, Garrett looked really good in the first two batters he actually tried to face. So that he was, gets like a walk added to his thing. I mean, it's just so dumb. I mean, I don't know. What if that game had gone tied later and all that? You're just burning a pitcher for no particular reason. I like our Reds, but I have to admit, I was kind of hoping after they did that that area was going to get a single just because it was so absurd to change pitchers for the pitcher. Yeah, it's just and Bell does that. He does a lot of mid-inning switch, uh, switches. Loves to do that double switch. I, I think he he overmanages by a tad on that. Yeah, today today was definitely a good example of that. But let let's jump into Fab. Uh, was uh, not quite the huge week of you know a bunch of guys going for a lot of money, but it was still a lot of activity. My uh, my main events there were um, three guys over a hundred dollars in one of them, and one guy over two hundred in the other. Uh, the big prize this week was Shane McClanahan, who looked really good against the A's on whatever that was, Wednesday, I think. Yeah. Um, through four innings, had five strikeouts, no walks, two and runs. Like that first inning, I was like, oh, I'm going to see what this guy has. And he's pumping like a hundred and a half uh, fastballs, and he throw a 93-mile-hour slider and just making people look stupid the first time through the order. I mean, it was like, where did this guy come from? Where's his stuff? I mean, I knew he was a big prospect, but you know, kind of ranked as a reliever. They weren't sure he's going to be able to stretch out, but – um, second time through the order was not quite as good. He, he kind of left a change up up to Matt Chapman and he, he hit a home run on it. But uh, how aggressive are you with McClanahan? What do you kind of see the Rays doing with him going forward? Because Rays pitchers are always a, a tough to figure out. They're really going to kind of let them go. I was very aggressive. I got oh, nice. him in one of two mains. How much? Uh, 79 to 69. What? 79? Yeah. Uh, oh, it, was, it was nice. That is, uh, that is that, That's the cheapest I've heard on him in a main event. Yeah, the other one he went 178, but wait, there's more. Uh, I got him in both online championships, uh, nice. 57 to nothing. Literally, wow. nobody else bid on him. 12 teams. There was one McClanahan bid. That's pretty wild. He's got yeah. he got two starts this week too. And then the other one 117 to 81. So I, I mean, I chalk up the the you know the, the online championship to okay, it's 
you know, uh, you know, it, that is, that's just the way it is. It's just weird. A lot of Embrace teams the have, weirdness of the online championship. A lot of teams have really good pitchers and they don't need someone. You made a vet. You're always going to have some teams that need yeah. pitching, but I'm so surprised there wasn't even like a keep them honest. Somebody threw like, you know, 10, 20 bucks in there on him. That's, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty strange. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of talk about him. He went, uh, he went for two Oh three and two fifty seven in my two main events. So you're, uh, you're 79. I think it's going to look really, really good. And we see all the results tomorrow. Yeah. Or, or, or he'll get, you know, get one start. Yeah. You know, they'll send him back down after that. You know, we got to make room for uh, Chris Archer, you know, and, you know, something I, like that. I think one positive is the way they used Waka today makes me think that they, they're not lining him up to kind of piggyback on McClanahan on Tuesday. They might go Luis Patino is the problem. You could go, you know, four oh, innings. Of- yeah, they will. Yeah, it will. It's just I want him to go five innings. That's, yeah, you that's are, what I'm see, hoping for, basically. Yeah, you're hoping yeah. you don't get four and then three of Patino. You want to get five and then two or three of Patino. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, They say that they want to stretch him out. They, they really seem committed to making him a starter, making him kind of a five-inning guy. Um, the stuff is there. He, you know, he started 22 games in 2019 mm-hmm. in uh, single A through triple A. He kind of moved through the levels. Um, only 120 innings pitched, but yeah. He started 22 games, Jeff. He had five plus innings and 19 of those. I was actually surprised that it was that many. I thought I was going to click on his game. I looked at his minor league game log. I thought it was going to be a lot of three innings and four and a third, that kind of stuff. 19 of the 22 starts were over five innings. I was really surprised by that. So it seems like he is a guy that they, they're they willing to go past five with. I just don't know if they'll do it at the major league level, but they did in the minors, surprisingly. I just think it's like from outing to outing, how efficient is yeah. he? Uh, and you know, what, what's his pitch count after four? What's it, what's it after three? How much does he labor? I mean, you watch the start against RAs and man, he, he, his stuff will play. I mean, and that 101 mile an hour fastball that goes away from right handed yeah, like hitters. Tailing. I was oh, like, pop that into my veins, man. I mean, it's just yeah. that, that's after, great stuff. I think it was the second batter. I think Ramon Leon struck out this is the first thing. Second, I was like, oh, I was like, who the hell is this guy? This is crazy. Yeah. Like, it, he was yeah. just, and then there was a bunch of people like, oh, his fastball dipped in the fourth. I'm like, yeah, he's still throwing 98. Like, if you're dipping <laughs> yeah. to 98, like, I think we can work with that. Yeah. Exactly. So it'll be, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm looking forward. The A's going to face him again at the end of the week, assuming they stay on schedule. He gets the Angels the first half of the week. So as long as he can get Trout out, who's hitting about 650 or whatever he's hitting. But, um, you know, Trout, Otani, Rendon, it'll be an interesting middle lineup there. But it'll, it'll be fun. It's uh, definitely one of those uh, one of those guys that I'm going I'm to flip on his start and definitely watch it because he, he was really fun to watch. Yeah. It's not the greatest two-step, but it is a two-step. And it's yep. presumably a pretty good team in the Rays. And, of course, I just believe in the stuff. You try to find difference makers, guys, that can yeah, – yeah, you're for hoping sure. that are not just a two-stepper, but are someone you're going to hold all year. Yeah. I mean, that that's the whole the hope here. Um, same you thing could, with you Daniel Lynch see, on the Royals, if you could get him. Yeah, Lynch wasn't – he was available. I saw one main event he was available, but he wasn't available in most of them because he was right. not drafted. Um, so he, he's going to get two starts this weekend. Everybody's going to be watching. If those two starts are big, that's going to be a uh, that's gonna be a huge fab of Palooza on him next week. I saw one team um, – our friend, uh, our friend Siege, CJ Kaltenbach had a, was like, they went for like 150 and got him in a league that he was, he was drafted and dropped. And I think that's going to be, if he has a couple of good starts, that's going to look really cheap in, in a week. Yeah. Siege also got him in uh tower, uh, at the towers mixed auction league okay. like, uh, over Jeff Zimmerman, like 114 to 64 or something like that. It's like a 50. You got, you got him in AL tower, right? And I got him in AL tower and I nice. got him for a little less than that, which you know, again, I was pretty happy with. Did he go um, for a lot, a lot less than McClanahan? Yeah, uh, I was the second bidder McClanahan in AL Tout, 177 to 133. Uh, you know, the news came out late, uh, on, you know, maybe two hours before the fab deadline in Tout, which we your we guys' have, uh, your guys' deadline's a little earlier, right? Yeah, eight o'clock Eastern, uh, okay. five, 5 p.m. my time. Uh, and you know, it, it was like, okay, is this just a one off? Are they trying to buy time? And they said, nope, we're moving singer I and mean, we're moving uh, Junis to the uh, bullpen. 
That was that okay, seemed like a go. strange move over instead of Brad Keller. Well, I do you really want Brad Keller coming out of the pen? Junis no, might but, have some nasty yeah. stuff coming out of the pen. But I don't I want think, Brad Keller starting every fifth day if I can have Junis instead, too. It works both ways, I guess. I, I think that, you know, Keller has a history of being pretty good with him. So maybe it's like, okay, we can fix him. Let's buy some time. You know, you give him one more month, and then if it still doesn't work, okay, out you go. And then in comes Junis. You know you have that as an option, too. Yeah, Junis would probably be pretty good out of the pen. I just I just liked what I'd see him as a starter. It's funny. He was available in one of my leagues. I was like, oh, I better pull back that bid because I obviously didn't want him, uh, you know, kind of middle relieving out of the pen. But uh, right. it was an interesting move there. Uh, guy, I want to ask you about that uh, I was in on in, in Fab, and I thought I was going to kind of slide him through, and I wasn't that close as Garrett Richards. Um, I guess the second really good game kind of put him on everybody's radar. But he had two sure. good starts this week. He had a seven-inning, ten-strikeout uh, performance against the Mets, and then today – he pitched five innings against Texas, had, uh, I think, six strikes, six, seven strikeouts, one earned run. Um, the thing that I liked about him is I, I went and looked, and, like, he threw – I think he threw 95 pitches today. His 92nd pitch was 95.2 miles an hour. So, he, like, kept that velocity the whole way. You can see – you look at his velocity for the season. It's a little bit down. You look at the last couple of starts, he's, he's picked it back up. So, I really like to see that bump up. And, you know, he had a six-walk game a couple of outings ago. So, there's always there's always the scare with Garrett Richards. There's always the scare of him getting injured, too. But uh, – sure. I don't know, two good starts from a guy that, you know, at, at one point in time was going to be a, a pretty up-and-coming starting pitcher. Uh, I was in on Richards this week, and I got outbid in the main event. I think I was in the 30s, and he went for 54. Went for 67, and the I was in two – I ha, he was I'm in two mains. He was only available in one. He went for 67, beat a uh, – you know, tied 67-67, but the lower in the standings win it, right. won it. Um, I, I had a lower bid on that. Uh, but I also had McClanahan already, so I, I wasn't going to get him. So another guy that I thought I was going to sneak through, and I kind of added him late after kind of seeing what uh, was going on in the afternoon games, was uh, was Michael Givens in Colorado. Daniel Bard has struggled in a big way. His ERA is now nine in the season. Um, he's given up a couple home runs. He's given up 16 hits in nine innings. He's been really, really bad. Givens is, uh, you know, the, the guy that probably we know in Baltimore, but he's been pretty good. Uh, he went for over a hundred bucks in my main event, Jeff. I tried to slide him through, and I was uh, clearly I was not the only one that was thinking that uh, maybe uh, Colorado makes a change here this week. Yeah, uh, Casey Chog had him in ours, and I I didn't bid on him. I mean, I, and you know, cha- really, we could have used another closer too. So that's a fail on my part there. But he also is the he also is the guy that has barred in our league too. So for yeah. for what it's worth, uh, seventeen versus nobody else bidding, and then twenty three to one in my other main. So wow. uh, I would have, yeah, I would just, have, I would have snuck him through there. He went for, uh, he went for one hundred one in one of my leagues and like sixty mm-hmm. something in the other. Yeah, uh, you know, here's the thing. You know, we always say don't watch your closer. That definitely applies to Givens. It yes. definitely applies when you have a, a full course field week coming up, and, and you know, it's just like, okay, okay, he is a closer. So therefore, he might be. He might be. He isn't necessarily. Have to make the change first, right? But yeah, uh, the one positive you're looking for it is it's only ten and two thirds, but he has dropped his walk rate pretty significantly. He's down under five percent. It's only ten innings, so I get it if he throws a couple walks, that goes back up. But I mean, eleven eleven strikeouts, two walks. Um, he's been pretty good. I just think that if if they do give Bart a break and kind of take him out, I, I think he's probably the next guy up. Yeah, I mean he's closed before. I mean yeah. that's usually the default. Uh, they traded for him, hoping to shore up their late inning relief. Now, granted, that that cost is sunk. So yeah, you know you can't change your mind on that. But uh, I, I think that there's a lack of viable other options. Oberg's out again. I mean, they're the Rockies though. I mean, if 
I, I think of all the more reason why they should give him a chance, highlight him, let him get like five to seven saves. Oh, flip them for whatever you can. They got a new sure. GM in there now. Maybe that kind of encourages them to do things a little bit smarter. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. I think that he's the next guy up, and you know, where, where I needed closers, I, I did some bids on, but I just, you know, it's the main event. You're not going to sneak anybody through, and I, I should have known that. But I, I wasn't going to be aggressive enough to get him anyway. But I probably should up my bids a little bit. But uh, a guy who was uh, been on a lot of main events this week is Tony Gonsolin. Uh, Dustin May mm. uh, grabbed his arm on Saturday. Um, I held him for a week just because the MRI is tomorrow. I'm pretty sure he's going to be done for the year. I don't think it's going to be a positive MRI. The way he reacted, talking about shooting pain in his elbow, that's never really a good thing for a pitcher, especially one who throws that hard. Gonsolin has been out uh, with his shoulder injury. He's being stretched out right now. He threw uh, 20 pitches in a bullpen on Thursday. Supposed to pitch another 30 pitches on Monday. There was a quote today that they're stretching him out. They want to get him to five innings, 75 pitches, and he's going to be back in three or four weeks. Uh, in one league, I picked him up. In the other league, I have uh, about 400 guys that are hurt, so I couldn't really take the spot. But um, the thing with Gonsolin is he's just he's good when he pitches. I just I, who knows what's going to happen with the shoulder injury. Yeah, and it's tough to carry a guy for three to four weeks until it he's is. ready too. Uh, that said, we put a nominal bid on him. Vlad, of course, Vlad Seller uh, swooped in and got him for 57 with a second place bid of 29. Uh, this is the second time, second of our drops that he's swooped in on already. He got Crichton too. Uh, from us uh, where we 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 failed to boot and rally properly uh so you know i i and he's winning this league too of course so i'm gonna give him plenty of plug pl plenty of pub follow him on twitter at roto gut and if you follow him on twitter you'll see that he's leading the league because i think he posted his standings yesterday uh yeah he, he's having a good start um, but he's, yes. having a, he's having a good start and he's obviously one of the better players out there, but uh yeah I, I figured he'd pick up Gonsolin. he's a Dodger fan he like I know he likes Gonsolin. Uh, just one of those things. I mean, he's 2.3 ERA last year, 2.93 in 2019. I just, it's a, it's a, it's a big, a bit of a leap of faith. You have to have the roster spot, which I didn't in most places, but mm -hmm. three to four weeks is a wild hold. And, you know, with a shoulder injury, who knows what, you know, who knows what it looks like coming back. But uh, it's right. one of those plays that has some upside if you can do it, but it, it, it's tough to do it for a month. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that, but I'll say this that works in his favor about it being a month. The Dodgers aren't going to need a fifth starter for the next two weeks. Yeah. I saw that. David Price is out several weeks still with the hammy. Yep. So, okay, now you're rolling the dice that in two weeks they don't turn to Mitchell White or Josiah Gray, or they just, you know. And so it's the chances of Gonsolin's being the guy when they do eventually need a fifth starter again is higher because of that. Do you remember back in, I don't know, April when we thought that there was too many starters and be frustrating for them going to be sitting guys and skipping starts and all that? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I, I also remember how I – moved up and made sure that we got Gonsal in the 15th also, and then cut him after one week and then see a, a chief rival in my league, pick him up. So yeah, I remember all that, Scott. Thanks for bringing that up though. <laughs> it's just, it's wild how we talked about a month ago that there was going to be just too many Dodger starters. They're all going to sit, you know, Kershaw and Bueller are going to skip starts. They have so many starters and now they're down to four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's wild, but they're, and their bullpen has been just hammered with injuries too. It's not yeah. just the starters. Yeah, I mean, Corey, losing Corey Canelo essentially for the year, it sounds like he's not going to come back, was a big thing. And yeah. they're, they're, they're trying to – it seemed like they're trying to be really careful with Kenley on back-to-back. -back. So they just – I mean, they blew a game. I think it was two Sundays ago because they just didn't want to use Kenley back-to-back, -back, and they blew it in the ninth. I forget who it was. It was uh, – I forget who it was. But um, someone came – it was Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Kelson came in and blew up. But it's just uh, they're trying to be careful with the guys, and they're losing guys. It's just they, their bullpen's a little bit thin right now. 
Uh, they struggled this week. They've had a, they've had a tough like ten days, which they probably won't have many bad stretches like that. But uh, I think they let it out a lot today. I think they scored about sixteen runs on Milwaukee. But uh, it, it's it was a, right. that was to save a four game sweep too. Yeah, I mean they they they've run into this juggernaut uh, schedule with Padres, our Reds, and the Brewers. <laughs> there you go, our Reds. I love it. Um, we talked about Nick Pavetta. I think we we're talking before we started. You picked him up in a league. Uh, he was another guy. He's got two starts this week. We we're talking about Boston, Detroit. Uh, 2.81 ERA was for five starts, 25 and two thirds innings, uh, 20, uh, 24% walk or strikeout rate, 10 and a half percent swing strikers. He's been, he's been miss, missing some bats. Every time I look at him though, I see those walks 16.3%. Yeah. That's way above his career norms though. He's usually not, he's like, that's almost double. Usually a single digit walk guy. Um, how good are you feeling about your Pavetta two-step this week? Oh, I think it could be an Admiral Akbar. It's a trap, but I took the chance on it anyhow in one of my online's because I think I needed to make do some dramatic moves. But the and thing it's, is, most, it's Detroit, Detroit, and Baltimore too, so it's good matchups. Yeah, I mean it is. Uh, I think it's in Baltimore though for the second. It is season. the second one yeah. is. Although really, Fenway, Camden. I mean, they're they're Orioles Park at Camden Yard. Sorry, I got to call it by its proper name. But uh, both of those. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I mean, aren't, aren't great uh, locations. So the location matters less than the opponent. I mean, the fact is, in, in, in an American league, if you if there are, unless, except for maybe the Rangers, are there two opponents you'd rather have more? No, probably not. Definitely not the ti- you know, Tigers, maybe the Royals, maybe the Rangers. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, the Royals just win games, though. They don't, uh, their offense seems to be struggling, but they just find a way to win games. They get a lot of good pitching. Yeah, they do. They I do. Think Danny, and, I think the, Danny Duffy's given up two runs, two or one or two runs all year. Yeah, he's been really good. He goes five innings, maybe six every time, but that's good enough. It, uh, it is. So uh, let's jump into uh, the hitters on Fab this week. But first, a note from our sponsors. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. 
Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. So, Jeff, I want to ask you about the first hitter I was looking at this week. Uh, Tyler O'Neill was uh, picked, drafted in a bunch of places, then dropped. Uh, he, was, he was kind of picked up in some 15s last week when he came back, but he was available in a lot of 12-teamers this week. Um, he's been stealing and running since he, or he's been stealing and hitting since he got to return from the the IL. Uh, he has uh, now has five home runs, two stolen bases, hitting two seventy over his first sixty five plate appearances. Playing time looks pretty locked in right now. The the Cardinals definitely need some outfielders. Smoking the ball, forty six percent hard hit rate, nineteen percent barrel rate. He's just mashing right now. The K to walk is brutal though, and always the concern. He's got twenty two strikeouts and one walk. Um, that is uh, obviously a ratio you're not very happy with. K rates thirty four percent. How do you feel about O'Neill? Obviously, the talent's there. The skills are there. What do you think about him kind of stat-wise going forward, though? He is my son who has returned, uh, like in the Michael Scott trying to say prodigal son sort of way. Uh, we, we got him uh, back. Shu and I got him back in one, in one of our two mains. And nice. In fact, we picked him up in both mains last week. Uh, oh, that's and good timing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he came back on Sunday last week, and yep. you know, it was like, we got to be aggressive with this, or maybe it was Saturday. I forget. Over the weekend at some point. And, you know, hey, trying to find an outfielder that can run and hit for power, I mean, that's practically a unicorn right now. I, we talked about it, I think, last week, but outfield is crazy difficult to find right now. Yeah. I, and, in fact, tried to bid a little bit on his uh, his compadre, Harrison Bader, who homered today. Uh, that He's the next one of those in line. Uh, yeah. You know, finally healthy, finally back after, you know, missing the start of the season. Uh, but he's also a power-speed combo that can kill your batting average. But – when when league wide batting average is two thirty, you really don't care that much. Yeah, I mean, yes, he can hit one twenty five. It's possible, but if he hits two twenty, two ten, who cares? It's it's wild that we're there, but it is true. If a guy hits two fifteen, two twenty, he's not killing you anymore. That, is, that used to be that used to be death. Like even five years ago, you get a guy that's yeah. doing two fifteen at full time at bats. That was just an absolute killer. I remember a few years ago, a live main event. I was like excited that I got Harrison Bader in the eighteenth, and then my wasn't excited the rest of the year, but uh, great story. Uh, but uh, he's viable, and I'm telling you, you, you've you've gone over this time and again. Outfielders, it's ugly trying to find outfielders. Uh, one of our two leagues that we have like three injured outfielders, and you know, and another one that's day to day, and it's it's really really difficult to find anybody to slide right in. 
Yeah, I've I've been having a lot of trouble. I picked. I had John Birdie in one week, and he when when Brian Anderson got hurt, and he was playing every day, and I think he had like two hits all week. Did steal a base today, but it's just it's it's tough to find anybody that's productive. Um, in twelve teamers, Andrew Vaughn has been dropped a bunch. We talked about him a little bit earlier. We we're talking about the White Sox starting to play more. Luis Robert is on the IL. We don't know for how long, but he has the the hip flexor strain. He's gonna be out for at least a little bit. Um, 59 plate appearances so far for Vaughn, no home runs, one RBI. So he's really not helped you in power hitting 275. So helped a little bit there hitting the ball hard though. He's got 50% hard hit rate. He's got 10% barrel rate. Um, he's a 13% fly balls right now. So that's like obviously killing him any chance at home runs. That's going to adjust. He was kind of a mid thirties guy uh, for fly ball rate in the minors in 2019. So you got to figure that's going to move up. It's going to start into fly balls. Um, you know, I think he's more of a. Your hope of it's a power, but more of a really good hitter coming out of a coming out of Cal. In the, in he played fifty two games in A and high A in twenty. So he's really he has not had a lot of minor league experience. Losing twenty twenty definitely hurt him. He would have had a full season of at bats, either a double A or triple A. Um, how do you feel about Vaughn right now as a, as an ad in a twelve teamer? I think he's a, is an interesting ad for sure. Uh, the, you know, he didn't play. You know, didn't start today's game, which was kind of annoying because he was actually. You know, reasonably strong. His last six games, basically the last week, 368, 400, 474. He's yes. starting to get it. How do you bench him here and there? He's all, Unfortunately, he's played six out of the last nine games. Six out of the last ten, I think, actually. Because he didn't play on Saturday, and I don't think he started today either. Or, or maybe he did start today. I might, I might be looking at the wrong line there. But, yeah, it's just you, know, you get TLR'd enough. It's just it's, it's really aggravating. Even with the latest injuries – how can you trust it? Yeah, he did start today. He started in left field today and he had hey. two hits again. So um, I just wonder, you know, you the Robert's out, Eloy's out. So you've got, you just, you, it's hard to really create a path against You're him right. anymore right now. You, you mentioned the defense and that's true. I mean, but you got, I, like, I don't know why Jake Lamb's hitting fifth and Zach Collins hitting sixth and Vaughn's hitting seventh. It's the whole thing is just weird. But, um, you know, like you said, Tony's going to be Tony, I suppose. Yeah, there was a weird Mercedes thing where, you know, he, he was a late scratch. They put yeah. in Lamb. Tony says, oh, it's because he showed up late. But it's no big deal. It wasn't because of that. I just t- thought it was because of it. He had to mention that. Oh, he, I was going to say, know, if it wasn't because of that, just don't mention it. It's just. Uh... Yeah, he kind of threw him under the bus without, and then tried to make it look like he wasn't. Because he realizes, like, oh, I just kind of, you know, I probably am coming across as the Crustville veteran because you are. Um but, this anyway. uh, I have to admit, as a, as a Zach Plesac uh, owner in the main event, uh, I was kind of happy that after he hit Jose Abreu and he came with the base load, it was Jake Lamb hitting because it was a three pitch strikeout. I would have been a little more worried if it was Vaughn hitting at that point. Right. So uh, another guy who started really slowly, started horribly, and has gotten really hot lately is Josh Rojas in Arizona. Um, second short and outfield eligible, which is a really nice combo. We talked about how outfield's weak. You get a guy that can play middle infield and outfield. There's a lot of moving around that you could do with him that, that's really important. Um, he's now at 235. He has four home runs. Three of those are in the last four games. Hit a ball off the wall today, too. He almost had four in four. Uh, 13 runs, 10 RBIs. His walk rate's nice. He's like a 12% walk guy. The K is a little bit high, but at 27%, you know, in this era, I think you can deal with that. Hitting it hard, 44% hard hit rate. But the thing that jumps out to me is Rojas and why I liked him in the preseason. He was really hot in spring training. 2019, if you look at his line in, in AA and AAA, 105 games, 23 home runs, 33 stolen bases, hit 332. I know the ball was super juiced in the minors that year. I do get that. But the 33 stolen bases jumps out, um, hit 332. That's a crazy good year. And there's a, there's a lot of speed power combo here. And if he can just stay a little bit warm, I think he could kind of find his way to have, to have an everyday job there in Arizona. Yeah, uh, and you know the thing I like about it too is he's he's cut he's basically like 
cutting in and Nick Ahmed's playing time at shortstop. I mean, it's just every day you see him out there. It's like, and I, after like they kind of benched him for a while, and I, I think I even cut bait in a couple of places. Then he had his like uh, that Sunday, the 18th against the uh, Nats. He had a nice little going away present day, like home run, you know. Yeah, or, you know, it was a nice three for five or three for four, five plate appearances, or scored three runs. You're like, oh, that was nice on the way out. Thanks for that. Oh, and now maybe he's actually going to be the guy that we bought into all along. You know, it's weird. How many times I think listen, I kept on talking about like, stop buying into spring training stats. Just stop. Yeah. And then, then you finally, you know, give up on it because because let's face it. Some guys that stuck. Remember, I'm old enough to remember when Chris Bryant wasn't hitting for any power in spring training. Like he's just lost that. Right. You know, stop listening to that sort of stuff. Uh, I wish I, you know, who I, I wish I'd not listened to. It was Richard Rodriguez in Pittsburgh. I was big on him. I really love the 2020 skills and performance. And then there was this buzz about like maybe he's not gonna be our closer. Maybe we're gonna use him a high right. leverage. Maybe we do this and this. Like they've used him as a traditional closer. Like it's been he's been really good too. And that's one of those ones that I just. I let spring train noise get in my head. Let the man like one quote from the manager do it, and it's just like all of a sudden I, I really like. Would lo- I know he's going to trade it at some point, but we probably got two more months till that happens. Uh, I'd love to have Rodriguez right now over some of the uh, some of the not so good closers I end up with. Uh, not looking at you, Alex Colome. Yeah, I, I actually cut him in XFL today. I have Rogers in that league still, but you know, I, Rodriguez uh, has been amazing. Yeah, I held Colome for one more week in the main event, see what they do in Minnesota. But uh, he's a uh, he's a roster spot. I'm going to need to clear pretty quick. I'm afraid here. Yeah, problem for Rodriguez is what we expected all along, though. It's just there's a paucity of save chances. Uh, there is four so far. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, you know there's some teams that have got a bunch. Some teams that he does that, but I think it's fair with Pittsburgh to say that they're never going to get a ton of them at once. So, yep. uh, but pitch really well. He's he's very uh, he's been very very valuable so far. The four saves plus the really good ratios and the strikeouts. Um, two more offensive players I want to ask you about before we get on here. So Josh Rojas was kind of the the prize at the uh, the middle infield outfield, but the guy right behind him that I ended up with in a bunch of spots because I got outbid on Rojas is uh, Mauricio Dubon. He's uh, He's been playing a little bit more lately, and Tommy Lestella got hurt today. He strained his hamstring. Yeah. Um, so you got to figure the playing time is going to be a little bit more there. Uh, Dubon has not been good so far. He's got he's in 200 with one home run, 60 plate appearances. Um, but you look at his, his, his past stints in the minor league, he hit 274 both in 2019 and 2020. His hard hit rate's up a little bit to 34%. He hasn't run much in the majors, but he had a, he had a big uh, stolen base season in the minors. He had 38 steals in 2017. Um, you know, decent walk rate, pretty good K rate. Uh, do you like Dubon at all? I ended up with him a couple spots kind of as a, a backup because I needed a middle infielder. I needed another outfielder, but uh, I'm not really sure what I'm getting here aside from three games and cores coming up to start the week. Yeah, I, I kind of do. Uh, but ironically, adding Talkman is one of the things that kind of hurts him a little bit because he was yeah. going to get some time in the outfield. That seems like that's kind of drying up. They still could play Wilmer Flores at second base, and I think Flores is actually a better hitter than Dubon, so it kind of depends on what they want to emphasize. He's only played two games at second base, uh, yeah. 16 in the outfield. Uh, and you know, grant, granted, Dubon's going to hit righty, Talkman lefty, so maybe they find a way to make it work. But yeah, the thing is, Lestella sounds like he's going to go on the IL. Uh, the the yeah, implication so. from the beat writers was it's going to be a while, which means, you know, reflexively, these teams, you, you know, you don't want to be shorthanded, even going in, especially going in the course. You just don't want to do that. Yeah, I was in a tough spot where the, the Trevor story got hit in the hand uh, this afternoon, and we, I didn't, I, I it didn't, I don't think I had the news, but the, oh, I get, I think I did have the news, and the X-rays were negative, but you still, you never know how that's going to work, and if he comes in tomorrow, it's still sore. Maybe they have an MRI. There's just all kinds of little bones and stuff in the hand, so 
I kind of thought I needed a, a backup shortstop. I lost Jazz Chisholm on whatever that was Monday. It seems like an Ugh. eternity ago that he got hurt, and it was it, on his seventh stolen base too. Like he was just absolutely rolling. Yeah. I think that was I think that was actually Tuesday night because um, I was I was doing the Triple Play podcast when he got hurt. It was uh, a good time there, but I need to replace him. I just I don't know Dubon going into core is maybe a little more playing time. It's just someone that Triple eligible. Maybe he'll help me out and I can save me from the zeros this week. Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, I, I I think it might. Yeah, I think I pr- prioritize Flores over Devon, but yeah, I could be wrong about that. I mean, I don't, I don't know who's going to get the m- more playing time between them, but uh, yeah, it, it, there's going to be playing time that results, and hopefully you get the right one. Hopefully, you're, for your sake, it lands on that because I didn't really go after either, so I'll root for uh, Devon. Yeah, a uh, one. I just looking for maybe one or two. Uh, one or two hot weeks would be nice. A couple steals would be good. Um, you mentioned Mike Talkman, last hitter I wanted to talk about before we mm-hmm. jump into those injuries. Um, he's played all four games since he got to San Francisco. It may get a bit crowded there with uh, with Mike Ostremski back later this week. Um, but I don't know. It seems like if Talkman hits, it seems like there's just it's crowded, but it's not really good crowded. I think Alex Dickerson's pretty good. I don't think Austin Slater is all that good. Um, uh, Steven Duggar, I don't think we need to worry about that very much. I just um, if Talkman can hit, I don't. I, there's a lot of guys there, but there's nobody that I'm like super worried about him not being able to beat out if he plays well. He's not going to beat out yet a healthy Yaz, though. No, no, I, I, I put Yaz separate. I think he's starting no matter what. Yeah, uh, yeah, and Yaz is supposed to come back Friday, I think. Yeah, Friday. So, so bad timing for him. He misses cores, but uh, aside from that, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I do think, and I think they targeted Talkman. I think uh, this is a guy that will fit in pretty well. You know, that, that's one thing the Giants they aggressively platoon. Uh, yeah. That. that Means for the most part, he's not, being on the good side of a platoon is very important. It does mean though that Slater and Ruff, Dubon, Flores, those guys are all going to play whenever there's a lefty, though. Yeah, but I mean, you look at Talkman, and there's you could you could squint and see some really good stuff. He did homer today. Yeah. Uh, 2020, he was pretty quiet. Did have six stolen bases though, kind of quietly had six steals. But 2019 in New York, he had a really good year. Uh, he hit 277 and 296 plate appearances, 13 home runs, six stolen bases. And you look at the minors. I mean, 2018 in AAA, granted it's Colorado. It's a, mm-hmm. Their AAA, I think, is in Colorado Springs, which is a huge launching pad. But 20 home runs, 12 stolen bases, hit 323 over 112 games. There's been some good here, and you could see him maybe getting hot. Uh, you know, off uh, off a of free agent wire, I think he's uh, probably a pretty good shot, especially with them going to course. Yeah, uh, I think so too. I, I, I definitely like picking him up. And two, you had multiple 20 stolen base years in the minors, so it's there's a – there's some positive there, it's, uh, but you're right. It's it's crowded. So, But uh, anybody else fab-wise you want to talk about before we jump into the uh, the plethora of injuries? No, I think we uh, pretty thoroughly covered the top guys this week. We mentioned Luis Robert a couple times. He uh, hurt his leg. He was uh, beating out an infield single, and it was weird. He like took a weird step, a step before the base, then stepped on the base weird, and then you could tell he, he couldn't even put his, any weight on his right leg when it happened. I was watching it. Uh, they say he has a right hip flexor strain, which honestly is probably really good news compared to what I thought it was going to be when I saw him get hurt. But he is headed to the IL. Uh, we don't really have a timetable on him yet. And that's uh, that's pretty bad. Uh, rough for someone you took in the third round. Yeah, uh, and you just seeing him get helped off without putting any weight on it. And yeah. see, you know that that's the part that kind of freaked me out. But uh, and the fact that they immediately uh, said he's going on the IL that that's never good. Yeah, and a hip with a hitter like that. I mean, you know, a guy with a lot of pop and a guy that you want stolen bases from, um, definitely not uh, not a good sign there. Uh, Hazel Cesardo, uh, I don't even know if I can talk about this one. Went on the 10-day <laughs> IL. Fractured left pinky. He hurt it um, hitting a table while he was playing a video game before his start on Saturday. 
Uh, that's actually a true story. I didn't just make that up to be funny. Um, bumping a table. Let's let's that. Yeah, that. I saw hitting a table, and then I saw bumping the side of a table. I'm like, there's no way he bumped a table and broke his right, pinky. Right. He clearly was like being demonstrative. Like, oh, it's just. And then they checked him out, and the A's crack medical staff were like, "Yeah, you're cool. Go pitch today." And then he was didn't pitch well, and now he had the he had the X-ray, or whatever, and he's got a fractured left pinky. Um, I haven't seen a timetable, but I imagine for a guy in his pitching hand, that uh, that's got to be a little bit of time, right? Yeah, he had some sort of contraption on his hand today. They showed, and uh, yeah, it doesn't look great. What's uh, it's just uh, it's so maddening. He hasn't pitched great. Like he just there been some signs of him pitching well, but just giving up too many home runs. Um, I don't know. It feels like the A's have weird injuries like this. Uh, I've, it was Drew Pomerantz, I think, punched a chair a couple years ago after an outing and was out for a while. It's just don't punch inanimate objects. You lose every single time, especially and, when you make your money with that inanimate object. When you make your money with that hand, that you it's just it's right. Maddening. Right. Have you ever punched? Way, have, you ever, have you ever really punched anything in anger, Jeff? Scott, I'm a calm man. I'm a, I'm a peaceful man. No, I, uh, I have I, not. I, pu- I punched a hole in our closet in college during a uh, during a Madden football game, but like a like not really real closet, and no one pays millions of dollars to use my right hand, so it didn't really matter. Yeah. Hey, Cole Irvin stays in the rotation because of this. In fact, he gets a two step. Yeah. Um, I saw him available in some leagues. Were you? What What are your thoughts on him? tough like i watch him and he, he's it's just like a pretty good pitcher but he's not there's no dominating there like but the changeup's really good he doesn't walk guys um i liked what i've seen i'm just a little wary that uh i think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors so far i don't think he's like mm-hmm. he's not that dominating stuff uh the interesting thing now is that if someone else gets hurt or if mike fires is not good dalton jeffries is now like next guy up which i think is a little more interesting than the nerve those big dalton jeffrey bids are gonna pay yeah. off Finally. Yeah, those people that bid big and have dropped him since. But uh, right. yeah, I think Irvin will be um, will be solid, not kill you, but not really be great either. If that's uh, it's kind of a cop out, but I think he's kind of just a middling guy right there that you know is good in baseball terms and really important for the A's. But fantasy wise, uh, I'm a little hesitant on him. Yeah, but by, by the way, before anyone says that that comment aged poorly, I guess I did bid on uh, Dalton Jeffries in mixed labor and got him <laughs> and dropped him. So uh, I self included as far as that goes. I'm not yeah. trying to just dance on your fantasy grave we talked about uh, dustin may a little bit earlier we we're talking about gonsolin um having an mri monday uh, i am not uh, i'm not optimistic in any way this is gonna be anything but a serious long-term injury uh, uh just i you know you say i heard something pop i'm like uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Sh- done. shooting uh, sensation up your arm and your elbow it's just and he was you felt like you can look at his stats like the breakout was this is it was there. Like he he was looking, he was striking out more guys, finding that mm-hmm. the big the big like final step to him being a really good pitcher, both major league wise and fantasy wise, was boosting the strikeouts. And he had done that this year. He was at a thirty seven point six percent K rate, like almost doubling his K rate last year. You could tell he was figuring out how to mix his pitches. It was all coming along. I mean, I just uh I had him in the main event, it was really fun. I was looking forward to it, and it just uh he threw that pitch. It was kind of sickening for, for Dodgers fans for baseball. fans. it's just a fun guy to watch too. Unfortunately is a bullet point for two maxims. One that elite velocity eventually turns into strikeouts, yep. but two elite velocity often turns into arm trouble too. Yeah. And, and we're seeing that a lot of times. It's a I, I, I don't want to like avoid these guys because the payoff is so high when they stay healthy and they pitch, yeah. pitch, you know, they, you know, you, you see like what's happening with DeGrom now. He's throwing a hundred for crying out loud. <laughs> Uh, and you just see that, but at the same time, you just, you're kind of like always paranoid yep. about when they, when, when's the hammer going to drop on them? Can you make it through the season? A good chunk of the season. You could just uh, draft only Kyle Hendricks. You'd be fine, right? 
Okay, stop. That's me. You're just taunting me now. Um, I actually benched Hendricks in one you, of my three leagues where it, I had him. You set it up too well for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. You it's benched Hendricks for last week or this week coming up next week? This last week. I'm really? coming back in. He's got a two-step this week, but I benched him for the Brave start. Wow. Uh, now, only in uh, one of the three 12 leagues. 12-teamer, right? team, I assume? Yeah, uh, OC. Yeah. So you have better options at least, but it's almost impossible to sit him in a main event with the, you know, your 10th right. pitcher is going to be so not very good, but um, I respect that. I'm, I'm one who tends to be stubborn and just throw those guys in there and not think about it too much. And it doesn't always work. Um, but that was a good sit. He was not, he was not good this week, right? God, he was horrible. Yeah. I remember him. Yeah. I remember him giving up a bunch of home runs early, right? Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm worried, you know, I, you know, finally the projection systems have caught up, you know, he, he's lived down to the expectations of the projection systems. Yeah. Never once had like an ERA you know, above four everyone had him with an ERA above four this year. And, I was kind of railing on that, and now I'm just going to have to eat my words. I'm afraid. Do you have uh, do you have optimism? He's going to turn it around and kind of find no. his uh, his form. None, really. No, I mean, I don't. I mean, it's a long enough season that the only thing I have there's nothing that I see that gives me that optimism. Only experience with time and et cetera. But were you uh, were you able to watch Luis Castillo started all this week? No, I actually was out and about. I, I listened to a lot of it on the radio, and those first two innings he was cruising, and then he started yeah. giving up rockets again. I just kind of I watched it again. I'm like, I just don't. It's hard for me to find find that elite guy in there somewhere. I know he's in there somewhere, but I don't know. I wasn't uh, I wasn't super positive about that one either. Like you said, the first couple things, I was kind of excited, like, oh, here we go, and then it just kind of reverted back to what we've seen so far. Ninety eight that first two. Those first it was, two yeah. yeah. I I thought we might be might have had something, and then it uh, kind of fell apart again. Yeah. In fact, when you texted me about all the injuries that you're having, and uh, I thought it was a Castillo note at first, like, oh. The Castillo get hurt or something? Yeah, and I, would, I realized it was May. And I would, uh, I wouldn't do that to you. I would, I would lead with that. It was was one of our Reds pitchers. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Thanks. Uh, Trevor Story left Sunday. He got hit by a pitch on his finger. Uh, said it, was, it looked like it was a lot of pain. They did X-rays after the game. They were negative. The Rockies quote think he'll be okay. Um, so uh, obviously, I want to see him in the lineup. I imagine maybe we'll miss a day or two, but it sounds like it's not going to be long term. And I'm crossing my fingers that that continues to be the case. Yeah, and in fact, there was a check swing. At first, they thought it was a foul ball, and instead, it was actually hit his finger. And he's, yeah, not great, not great. I mean, he actually, I think he got you a stolen base at least before and, leaving and, the game, and a home run. Well, I mean, the stolen base happened after the hit by. Oh, pitch. I got you, I got you. Yeah, I think it was part of a double steal. So at least he, you know, did something with a flourish there. But yeah, again, a week at home at course coming up. Last thing you need is for him to miss games. What I if he? That, they I say he's day to day, but he's not in the lineup for the first game. What do you yeah. do? Uh, I want to see the quotes from uh, the manager before the game, but uh, I will lead towards using him if they don't say, you know, he's going to, it's going to be a few days. If they say like he's day to day, I'm probably just going to throw him in there. Yeah, me too. Uh, they're actually home for only half the week. They're on the road. Did I get that wrong? Though? I've said yeah, it like three times on this podcast. They're at, at St. Louis, the second half. I was looking at the wrong row, uh, the wrong row. That's why yeah. I was looking at, they are home for three of the next four series. Okay. There oh, you go. That's, pretty, that's a good stretch. I like that. Uh, Ian Happ finally had a good game today. We mentioned the home run off TJ Antone. He uh, he's had three hits. Then he had a collision in the outfield. He was carted off. It looked like he got hit in the head. Um, he was bleeding from his nose, and the, he, it was weird. He stood up, and then he had to sit back down. It was like an NFL player. It was Twice. really weird. Yeah, you don't see that very often in baseball. They'd bring the cart out. He said he was feeling fine after the game. Uh, I'm just concerned that uh, concussion protocol might come into play here. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of too. I yeah. mean, the, you just saw the way he reacted. I mean, he crumpled yeah. down. He was lying down, like you know, oh, it was it was really a tough thing to see. Uh, and then after that, you know, I just 
you know, I, you know you, you, but then you saw the replays. It almost looked like he got kneed in the stomach. Yeah, too, I, I didn't funny. even really see him get hit in the face, but apparently he did because I mean his nose is bleeding, so it was he's having yeah. hit at some point. But I thought he got maybe the wind knocked out of him at first, but then he was down for so long they brought the card out, and then he like I said he fell back down. But um, that's when to definitely check. The Cubs do play tomorrow. They play the Dodgers, um, so it's uh, one of those things. We'll see his lineup, but uh, you know he's been so bad, and maybe he's warming up a little bit. Had a stolen base this week. Hit three and homer today, and then he gets run into the outfield. It was it was not a, not not a, not what you wanted for Ian Happ today. No, no, I, I worry about a guy like you know flying after a, a thing like that. But and, and it's not the first time someone's had a gets checked for a concussion and then flies right away yeah. afterward. But um, you know it's Hendricks, Alzale, and uh, Arietta for the game uh, series against the Dodgers, and whoo, uh, you know. I, you know they, they, that Cubs bullpen just got pushed around uh, on on Sunday. Might be, uh, might be they they might leave Hendricks out to dry again. I may, maybe I will bench Hendricks again, but he gets a home start against the Pirates later in the week. Makes it tough. Yeah, you can't sit that. I don't think uh, Bueller, Kershaw, Bauer for the uh, Dodgers going into Wrigley. That'll be uh, that'll be fun for the Cubs offense right there. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, George Springer is an interesting case right now. He um, seems like he tweaked his quad yesterday. And then he hit two home runs right after that. Um, mm-hmm. And today he was he he had a, he ran out of first base and he just looked like he can't run. It was like he just looked old and like he he can't run. Um, our friend Rob Silver is a big Blue Jays fan, so he looked like an old man running down the baseline. He just, he just re- looked really bad. He was watching the game. Um, then he was listed for a pinch runner in the sixth inning on Sunday. He was kind of walking around the dugout afterwards. He looked okay, but he doesn't seem healthy to me, Jeff. I, it's crazy they waited so long. They've been so like we want to be hundred percent. It seems like the quad's still bugging him. Yeah, they said something about him being fatigued. Yeah, and he, and had, he had a stolen base this weekend too, which is weird if your quads are feeling good. But it's the whole thing's a little bit strange. Yeah, uh, I, and I was just gonna say, well, don't expect any stolen bases, but he did. Yeah, I, mean, he I don't know. It's very strange. Makes me think that he aggravated it. Yeah, I I was worried about that too. And he, I mean, he plays one weekend, hits two home runs on a stolen base. You can kind of see what you can get in this offensive Springer plays, but it's just, uh, yeah, I guess you got to, uh, you got to check that lineup tomorrow too. They play, they actually, they play at uh, the A's tomorrow. So they're flying and they, they're playing in Oakland. So we have late game, but hopefully we get the lineup in before you need to uh, make that decision. Right. Uh, a couple, it's been, it was a rough week for catchers, Jeff. A lot of catchers went in the DL. We had Yadier Molina earlier in the week. Uh, Travis Darno is having surgery for a torn ligament in his thumb. He's uh he's going to six day IL. I mean, I think he's an automatic drop everywhere. I dropped him in one of my onlines painfully it's, too, because there's nothing is. there to replace yeah, him with too. That's the tough part. Don't forget Alejandro Kirk too. Uh, yep. Also get, went on the IL this week. And, and he was Yachty. Did you mention Yachty yeah, too? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was uh, there was there was someone. I mean, and the the injury is George, Gary Sanchez not playing as much too. There's another no. spot. He made made he replace that in the twelve teamer. Um, it was a rough it was a rough week for catchers overall. Do you see any big bids for Higashioka? Uh, I had a there was like a fifty something in one of my main events. Uh, or okay. Maybe it was I online. I think it was it was picked up last week in my main events, but I saw fifty, uh, kind of mid uh, mid double digits in there. Do you see anything big yourself? No, uh, I, I saw people online talking about it, but let's see, uh, thirty seven in one of them. Okay, uh, with the second place bid of sixteen, uh, and the other one, what did he go for? Uh, he uh, went last week, and he went for seven, unopposed. So it's a pretty hey, good bid. That's a gift of foresight, right there. It is. He went for. Uh, it looks like he went for nine in one of mine, and then somewhere in the like the mid forties or fifties in the other one. Yeah. So it was kind of. I don't know. I think. I mean, what what does Gary Sanchez's career path look like right now? Like, what what's what's the next step for Gary Sanchez? 
You know, I mean, it, they don't really have the DH as, an, as a possibility. That's the problem for him. And the problem is he can't hit. He's not hitting either. It's not like he's just playing bad defense. He does that too, but right. it's been a long time since Gary Sanchez really hit. I I mean, I don't think Higashioka is really that good of a hitter either, though. And so I, I don't, think that I, don't think so either. I think he gets a chance at redemption here at some point in time. Uh, I, I, would I do too, but if they're both not going to hit, you're going to play the guy who plays really good defense and the guy the pitchers like throwing to. I mean, it's... I mean, it's been what uh, 2017, the, the really good Sanchez year when he hit 278. Uh, mm-hmm. two, 2019 was pretty good. He had 232, but he had 34 home runs. But I mean, 2020 at a buck 47, 2018 he hit 186. I mean, I know averages are down across the league, but we mentioned that those are averages that are killing real baseball teams. Like you, you can't you can't send yeah. a guy out there's going to hit a buck 47. Like that's it's rough. I mean, he just and he's not striking out this year, but he's still not getting hits. He's not hitting the ball hard this year either. Like it was always like. A lot of strikeouts, but a lot of hard hits. And this year, it's less strikeouts, but no hard hits. I mean, that's not a good combo either. No, it isn't. I mean, the only thing that it's like he gets somehow gets a shorter leash than some of his other slumping teammates, and that's that's kind of a little. But it's because of the defense. I get why. But you know. did you see? Did you see the Stanton Statcast stat today? By the way, no. What was it? Uh, of balls hit over 115 miles an hour so far this season, Stanton has 16 himself. Oh. The next highest is five, and that's that's if you take an entire team put together. The next highest is five. That seems like he's I forget. Doing well, I forget. It was the Angels because they have Trout. So Angels had five was the next highest team. All of the Yankees have three. It was it was the most. No other team has five, and Stanton has sixteen. I mean, that's that's an almost impossible stat. It's crazy. It is. It is. You would think that he'd be leading the free world in every stat because of that. Yeah. But. Yeah, he had, a, he had a single up the middle today that was like 118. It was just absolutely scolded. Like the shortstop right. couldn't even make a move. It was it was wild. But uh, so we mentioned Darno. We mentioned Alejandro Kirk, uh, Wilson Contreras, another catcher. Uh, he left Friday with a with a with a tight right thigh. Sat Saturday and Sunday. Did enter the game late today for defense. So there's a good sign that they don't think he's going to go on the aisle. So they, they obviously threw him in well, late for defense. Yeah, Although they had, they had no players left, right? Yeah, they they had to bring him in after the half injury. They moved. Uh, you know, Walters to second, uh, they moved someone else out to center field to make every all of it work. Why? So, why is why is Walters trying to steal home? You know, if he gets his foot down on that slide, he's safe. That so was a weird a slide. He like stopped and just kind of fell underneath the catcher. It was like and it was it, a, a weird play. And it would have worked if it weren't for that meddling replay either. But yeah. uh, they originally called safe, and he did beat the tag, except his foot was like hovering over the plate. And the one time that the replay actually got something yeah. right. It was not a very good. It's not a very good tag by your catcher, by the way. I think he was kind of surprised. I think he thought that. Uh, I think he thought Walters was going to kind of just run into him and stop, and all of a sudden he stopped and then just like fell down. Yeah, right. He thought he was going to just give himself up. And yeah, it's a strange play. Barnhart's usually pretty on top of things too, which is yeah. the funny thing. Well, he homered later, so it was all right. Or he homered earlier. He made up for it. Uh, the, the Milwaukee outfield is uh, it right now sounds like it might be getting a little bit healthy. Both Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain are going to be activated during the upcoming series in Philadelphia. They annoyingly haven't given us a day. They just kind of left it very vague. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it, when I see Yelich's name in the lineup. But what do you do with uh, with Yelich and Cain this week with that news? They have four games at Philly. You just you just start them and hope. If you, if you get two, Yelich, you start. If you get two, that works. They're all righties. Um, you figure if you get two, that works really well. I mean, I start Yelich. Kane depends on how desperate you are. Kane, yeah, I, I like Kane. I'd wait for sure. Yelich, I'm for sure starting. Okay, I think I agree there. I think I'm going to start Yelich. Uh, I'd like him to play Monday, but I as long as they keep with the he's going to play in Philly. I and I hope maybe Wednesday is the worst case. I, I think you just got to do it. Uh, 
he's just I mean, so valuable player if he's if he's in there and healthy. But uh, it's be interesting to watch him. I I am uh, I'm not convinced that he's ready to go and gonna not get hurt again. But uh, certainly need him to. He's gonna be, he's one of those guys that every at bat gonna watch for a little bit and see how how he if he's swinging freely, how the back looks, if he's running at all. Um, it'll be an interesting first couple weeks for Yelich off the aisle. Yeah, I mean, I think I mean he's your first round draft pick. I think. It's a good point. With your reservations, including your reservations, you just have to go with it here. Yeah, uh, I agree. Expect, I mean, and obviously, if he's in the lineup tomorrow, then you're you're obviously starting him. Of but course. Chase Anderson on Wednesday. I mean, give me that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm granted you got Nolan Wheeler in that in that four game series too, which isn't great, but uh, it's you just have to take you just have to go for that chance. I mean, especially because yeah. replacement value in wide receiver is so low right now. I mean, wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, outfield. I was like, wide receiver. I don't know why I said that. I'm not even like looking at anything. And I just said wide receiver. That's so weird. A little too much NFL draft for you, apparently. Uh, yeah, I guess. It's a, it's a terrible TV event still. I'll, I'll go I'll go to my grave with that statement. Now, you're not the only one. Listed a little uh, video thing on that. I, here. I did see that. I like like watching the first eight picks. Then I'm like, I'll just find it. I can maybe background noise, but like I just it takes so long. It's it's painful to watch. I just watched the first round, especially because there's two Northwestern guys this year, plus the Bengals had. Pretty like, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really awesome to see that. And, yeah. and, and then also my, the Bengals had a real decision to make. But it was narrowed down to three players, and one of those was taken before them. So it was pretty cool that I knew they were going to get a pretty awesome player. Yeah. No, that's a, it's a good thing. And obviously, my Niners were up there, so I was watching this year. But uh, we talked about catchers earlier. We missed uh, Omar, Omar Narvaez is out for a couple weeks also, a strained left hamstring. So they, there's like four or five teams that really look at catchers this week. That was a, That's a tough place to be. Usually, if you lose a catcher, you want it to be like nobody else is bidding, so you can go kind of go low. If you're bidding catchers, you had to go with like multiple conditionals because there were so many teams looking for catchers. Yeah, I mean the Brewers lost two catchers. They and they yeah. let another one go in Nottingham, and then found a way to, to trade back for him. They and, got, and he home and he homered twice today. Yeah, they called trade backs, uh, and it worked out. I mean Nottingham was the guy that came over in the Chris Davis deal to the yep. A's. Yeah. Uh, you know, at one point in time, you know, it was just you know that was considered a colossally bad trade. Uh, you know, do you, they kind of got the they got maybe he's like a poor man's incarnacion where they lose him and claim him back and then he he's good after that. I don't know, but no, I'm just being a little silly. Uh, I you know, it's just a lot of teams are hurting for catcher right now. I'll say yeah, that, no doubt. There, a um, couple other quick notes before we get to some a quick few quick players here. Uh, Brian Anderson with the Marlins schedule return on Tuesday. We mentioned Tommy Lastella. Uh, left over the hamstring space. Sound like he's going to go on the aisle. And uh, Ryan Weathers, who we talked about last week in Fab, uh, came out, pitched an inning, and his you know, arm wasn't feeling good. Said he's feeling better, and they may he may make his next start. Uh, I don't think you can throw him this week, but uh, the Padres are weird. Between Weathers and Denelson Lamette, we have no idea who's pitching day to day with that team at the moment because uh, we don't know if they're hurt or not. Yeah, they're kind of cagey about that. And in fact, they, they didn't even name their starter today until this morning. Uh, and ended up being like, Musgrove, and he wasn't Musgrove. very good. Musgrove must have known, right? Like, there's no way they're telling him in the morning, right? You hope. I mean, you would think that, but yeah. I think they had both the. I think they had both Lamette and uh, Weathers thrown the side on Saturday, so that might have been, uh, you know, some of it there. But yeah, again, I mean, I, that's probably he probably knew last night. You would hope so because you uh, routine and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know with your main guys like that. I think it just seems like weird to be playing those weird games. Maybe they just don't know when Lamette feels good and can go, but. Um, tentatively scheduled to go Monday, but I don't know if we're gonna. It, maybe it'll be a surprise whoever takes the mound uh, against against the Pirates. Yeah, I, and I, this is where I want to be critical of the Padres uh, medical staff, but I don't really know. Um, yeah. yeah, just but it seems like oh, 
I, 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 I guy that's had a P, PRP injection to avoid Tommy John, you know, he's already kind of a fade to go in there. And then he gets a forearm problem after two innings in his first return. Yeah. Yikes. Run for the hills. How can you even think about coming, coming back after the minimum 10 days? Of course, he hasn't done that yet. So we'll see. But yeah. that doesn't look great at all. So I want to talk about a few players before we get out of here. But first, a note from our sponsor, uh, Moon Baseball Road Trips, the complete guide to all the ballparks with beer, bites, and sites nearby. Arriving just in time for the 2021 season, this brand new from Moon Travel Guide's book is the ultimate guide to baseball. The book is as much a travel guide as a dive into classic American road trip, vibrant fan communities, baseball history, and of course, the 30 incredible MLB cities. Seven road trip routes with detailed itineraries is organized by region, so you can drive a loop through the Midwest, which I've actually done, cruise along the West Coast, or hit the ballparks from Boston to D.C. I've done that also. Insider advice for visiting each ballpark, not just how to catch a game, but tips on stagging tickets, securing the best seats, and the insider scoop on the best bars and restaurants nearby. The insider scoop came from author and lifelong baseball fan Timothy Malcolm. He served as a senior writer and editor at Phillies Nation, written stories for the Hardball Times, and has been featured on Mets Blog and Yahoo Big League Stew. He's also hosted two baseball podcasts, including the Phillies Nation podcast. To write this book, Tim hit the road and explored everything from Boston to Seattle to Phoenix and the Bay Area, bringing the experience of the game to readers across the world. For the ultimate baseball experience of summer, order your copy of Moon Baseball Road Trips, available at online retailers, your local bookstore, or www.moon.com. Jeff, the uh, the Mets and Phillies played uh, tonight. And real quick, uh, we we mentioned uh, Bryce Harper took a swing and uh, swung and missed, and like like he kind of grabbed his wrist and he was shaking his yep. wrist out a little bit. And then he bunted twice in that bat, so obviously he didn't want to swing the bat, including uh, strike three. Yeah, foul including ball. Including strike bunt. three. Yeah, it was almost it was almost a base hit in the last one. It was a good bunt. Um, but then he came up late in the game. Uh, Reese Hoskins hit the ball that they ruled a home run, and they changed it to a changed it to a double off the off the top of the fence. Um, Harper came in, struck out against Euros Familia. Um, didn't look healthy to me. Looked like he was very hesitant in that at bat. It was he, he, like he took a couple of check swings. Um, I'm not convinced that that wrist is totally good. I'm a little bit worried about that one. Yeah, I agree. I, it, Fernando Tatis hurt on a, hurt himself on a shoulder at the swing and miss. You yep. see that happen sometimes. The lack of resistance. It, it looked really bad in the top of the ninth inning. He fielded a base hit and like bounced a throw into second base. Also, you know, maybe he does that normally. I don't know, but it also looked like he was favoring it there and. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how he stays in the game. To be honest, when he's when you do when you see him bunting like that, I don't know why the how the manager lets him stay in the game. Like that's, right. why, that's, that's what I mean. That's yeah, Bryce I mean, Harper. Like if there's anything tweaked, who cares about that at bat in that game? Like get out and, and check him out and see what's going on. I mean that's that's your franchise right there. Yeah, one game in April or May. Yeah, I almost said April. One game on May second and versus a long stretch. You you make sure he's okay. And yeah, and then he gets booed at the end of that, and you're like, oh, of course he, you know, he he's not 100, percent but he's a gamer and all that. Sometimes yeah. just take the guy out. And the weird thing late in that game is Edwin Diaz uh, gives up the the three run home run at the time to Reese Hoskins. They change to a double, but they they were as they were showing the replay and everything with Hoskins, you didn't notice that you could barely could see it. But the trainer came out and talked to Diaz. Yeah, and then Diaz left the game and he went straight down to the tunnel. And mm-hmm. they came out and Familia had a because nobody was pitching, nobody was warming up because Diaz had a four run lead. He didn't figure it out in a pitcher. Familia came in and you know had had a full chance to warm up. So I don't know if they if Diaz is hurt, nobody said anything, or if Diaz was they were faking an injury because Familia needed no, no. time to warm up. Like I have no idea, but I'm a little worried about what's going on with Diaz too. No, so we have an update. Um, oh, good. It was the, the back tightness was the oh. issue. So it was, it was, do you think, I mean, I guess he could be making that up too to, to get to full time, but um, not what you want though. I mean, that's uh, you wonder. Cause I mean, the trainer definitely came out there and talked to him. Yeah. And apparently, you know, there was a mound visit 
earlier in the inning when he said uh, he was dealing with a, a, a tight back uh, with no outs in the bottom of the ninth. He tried to pitch through it. So that whole inning was all. Why, why would you have Edwin Diaz in a four on lead pitch through back tightness? Why wouldn't you just yank him there? <laughs> now, I don't know like if it was three batters in or if it was one batter in. Right. Yeah, that was just a, the whole game was weird. It was, mean, it was a weird game. That 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 play where Hoskins couldn't make the play on uh, the line drive, and then that you know VR goes all the way around the third, and so and they're disconsolate, so he tosses the ball to the second baseman, and they run. Yeah. You know, uh, Maton misses a ball earlier on a pop up. McCutcheon misplayed a ball in the outfield, which is not a recording, by the way. It's like the third time I've seen that in the last three weeks. I think <laughs> he's having a he homered today, but. McCutcheon's having a horrible year. He is. He's uh, having a rough year. Yeah, the center fielders have been like really bad for the uh, for the Phillies. They're a very oddly constructed team. Uh, just nothing out of center and left field this year. Uh, just it, it, it's really kind of rough to see. You know, Segura being out hurts them a lot. Uh, I don't know, but and then of course the the bullpen melted down today too. When I tell you what, when the Phillies bullpen melts down, it's an epic. They really, really melt down. They they do not mess around with their meltdowns. Yeah. Now I saw another note that like Neris was uh, Neris wasn't available, nor was uh, who else was down today. They had like three pitchers that were unavailable. I think uh, Brogdon was not available, yeah. uh, and then uh, one other pitcher too. But, and and uh, Alvarado, was, Al Alvarado was all over the place, and they, they were he couldn't throw a strike, and he was he was mad at himself and yelling and. He got a who he get? He got argued with Dominic Smith the other night. Like it's been, it's been kind well, yeah. of a weird. It's been a, like a weird, grumpy weekend for a lot of players. Yeah, he's got a three game suspension that he's appealing. Yeah. He's playing through the, uh, you know, through the appeal right now. And you got to think that some of this was like he had, he was overamped. For sure. He looked he part. he looked over. He had a three one pitch. And he threw spiked in the dirt. And he like kind of cursed at himself. You could just tell he mm-hmm. was he was overamped. But in that game, Francisco Lindor, uh, he now has ninety eight plate appearances in his uh, his first year here with the Mets. Hitting 171, Jeff, with one home run and zero stolen bases. You and I talked last week about uh, uh, Luis Castillo being the worst second round pick. That's definitely not the case. Lindor has definitely been definitely been probably worse. Uh, and we mentioned Mondesi, who hasn't played yet, but Lindor's weird. Like you look at his stats, and you don't nothing jumps out. He's really bad though. Like the strikeout rate's down, the walk rate's good. He's got as many strikeouts as walks. Hitting it hard, 42 percent. Babbitt's crazy low at 197. Do you just think this is a really kind of struggling slash unlucky month for Lindor so far? I lean towards that. I was, yeah. I, I thought he was priced too high. I didn't draft him anywhere this year. I had him as a keeper in one league uh, where I had him at a pretty good price. But aside from that, I thought he might be slightly overpriced just because, you know, average was down last year. Didn't stop. He started to run a little less frequently. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I I would think it's he's probably a good buy target. I will say this. There's something to be said about a guy that's just gotten paid. Uh, that A, you can coast, or B, you can press trying to prove that you're worth it. Uh, both of these things are possible. I don't think – but do I know that either of those things are in play? No, not really. I, I don't know that for a fact. could be attribution yeah. error. As I look um, deeper, I, I think it's uh, kind of attributed to just a slow start and kind of a little bit unlucky also. But I think the pressing is real. I mean, you you get a lot of money. You're in New York. Mm-hmm. You want to you want to hit three home runs on opening day and kind of right. prove your worth right away. And uh, the Mets have had a weird like missing a bunch of games and rainouts. They've had a weird schedule of of stuff. And they had that you know that first series that there was the COVID stuff. Um, 
they've had kind of a weird start. I think he'll settle in, but you know, we're a month in the season. He has one home run, no stolen bases. It's not uh, not pleasing anybody as a fantasy manager. No, not at all. Um, yeah, I, but I, I remember like there was a year Derek Jeter was hitting 200 going into June, and you know he's still like qual- you know almost nearly won the batting title that year. Yeah. Things, I mean, things turn around. Yeah, uh, a couple. Uh, you have like a you have like a, a nine for twelve series, and all of a sudden those numbers look a lot different. It's amazing how fast that can go up. But uh, yeah, and a guy it's who, amazing to remember that last year was just sixty games, and so we're a lot of people, you get stuck in that mentality. A guy who is definitely pleasing fantasy owners right now is Ian Kennedy. Um, this is pretty wild. He's got twelve innings pitched so far, sixteen strikeouts, zero walks. That's uh, that's a pretty good ratio right there. Two point two five ERA, seven saves. Uh, 38% K rate, Jeff, uh, Ian Kennedy is dealing right now. And I don't know what to think about that. He was dealing two years ago too. He was. What he's throwing happened last year. That's he's what back, I want to know. He's back throwing hard. He's throwing 94 over 94. Again, he was down in the 93s last year, but mm-hmm. swing strike rate has not been over 10% since 2015. It's now at 15 and a half percent right now. Like I get it's 12 innings, but he's, he's smoking people right now. He is the closer most likely to be dealt by the trade deadline. Yeah, because I'd say him he's smoking and, people yeah. right now. Him and Richard Rodriguez are like the two that kind of fall into that definitely getting dealt. Uh, hard hit rate, Jeff, not so good. Is fifty percent before today, so uh, there's there's some damage coming at some point. Yeah, but I mean, if he's, I, I think sometimes that's skewed. If you're not giving up much contact to yeah, begin that's with, true. If you're striking everybody out and you're throwing harder, you're probably generating more contact, more velocity on that contact. I don't, it'd be malpractice if he's not dealt by by the trade deadline, though. I mean, just that it doesn't mean you get rid of Kennedy right now. You, you can still get two more months of saves, but just you get, you get, you get the Shane Green treatment from a couple of years you ago. Get three more, you can get three more months of saves. I mean, it's a, yeah. a long time for the trade deadline. Right. Jolie, uh, Jolie Rodriguez, if you do uh, want to play the long game uh, when Kenny does get traded, is a guy that I, I really like going forward. I, I agree. Uh, it's, I liked him, uh, but then he was hurt to start the season, so I couldn't afford to hold on to him in some places. But, yeah, I agree. He's the, He's the speculative play. He's only only thrown five and a thirds, but uh, seven strikeouts, one walk. The other guy that I like, if you're looking for spec, um, it, it would take an injury to get there. But I like uh, Ryan Stanek, the setup guy for the Astros behind Presley, has been really, really good too. Yeah, he has. He used to be like the elite opener. Yeah, for the Rays, he was really good doing that. But he's uh, he's been really good. He's a guy that I think even a deeper league you could probably throw in there if you needed to like save a week or you know didn't have a starter you liked. I think he's someone that mm-hmm. you can kind of slide and they won't and it, he'll he'll get you some good ratios and a couple strikeouts. Yep, agreed. A uh, couple other guys I want to ask you about. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is a uh, five home runs, five stolen bases, which I don't think we thought uh, would happen on the home runs maybe all year. Um, he had four home runs the last two seasons combined and 450 plate appearances. Did have 11 steals, so we kind of thought we'd get some stolen bases. Uh, catcher eligible in some leagues. I know he's catchable in Yahoo and the NFBC's shortstop and third base. Um, I don't think we think the home runs are real at all. I looked at his stats. He's got a, a 21% fly ball rate. Uh, hard hit rate is up a little bit, but I don't think we're going to have a lot of home runs, but he's leading off, scoring some runs, stealing bases. Uh, he's he's proving his worth so far. What a weird career path. I mean, Strange, yes. Came in as a utility guy. Oh, let's move him to catcher. And then, oh, let's move him back off catcher now, and he's our starting shortstop. I, I think if you can trade him now, you should. You know, coming into today, uh, four walks, 24 strikeouts. Like you alluded, the, the power doesn't seem totally legit. Uh, yeah, talk up the position eligibility. Talk about those stolen bases. Yeah, I, I just think it's probably a guy that's going to give you diminishing returns in the long run. So I'd probably try to trade him if I could right now. 
Pretty amazing for all that moving around. Dude, he do want a gold glove last year at third base. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> Granted, but it was it was because Matt talked that up missed. in your trade talks. There, say, hey, yeah. he's going to stay at shortstop. He can catch. He, he's yeah. a good fielder. It was okay, because but, Matt Chapman got hurt. Otherwise, he wouldn't have won the gold glove. But still, that's uh, it's pretty good for a guy who moves around and can stick like that. Uh, a couple of guys in in Cincinnati today: Nick Castellanos and Chris Bryant, both homered twice. Mm. Castellanos had five hits. Uh, these dudes are both matching. Both have nine home runs. They both have twenty. Uh, Castellanos has twenty-two runs, twenty RBIs. Uh, Bryant's got twenty runs, twenty-two RBIs. Uh, what do you feel about Bryant right now? I mean, it's weirdly like he was not a hard hit guy. Didn't make a lot of hard contact the last three years. That is way up this year. He looks fully healthy. Um, are you buying into this breakout? Or do you think this is just a, just a hot month for Bryant? We're going to see maybe uh, him go back to his last three years. No, I'm buying into it. I, I right. try to get him in some places. Um, I think if we were drafting the day, he goes like in the fourth round instead of the seventh or eighth. Uh, maybe not all the way too. to the third where he was going before his slumps and all that, but he's healthy right now. He, he's super motivated, obviously. It's contract year. Um, and you now I, I just think he was playing through a lot of stuff in the last couple of years. He, they're no longer bad. You know, he doesn't always bat second or lead offs. He does sometimes, but he's also the thing that was pointed out in today's broadcast is he's jumping on fastballs early in the count now a little bit. But in previous years, I think he had more of an emphasis of working the count and, you know, becoming a different hitter with two strikes and falling behind maybe one, two, oh, two, a little bit more. That's hard to do. So he, you know, Tyler Malley threw a nothing fastball the first pitch and he took him out. Uh, you know, in fact, I think it was three for three before the Reds finally got him out once. Uh, plus, they, he and Rizzo both just feast at, in Great American Ballpark yeah. too. I noticed that with Castellanos too. He's swinging at fifty-eight percent of pitches, which is most since his rookie year. He seems like he's trying to get a good pitch early in the count. We used to kind of wait. He's still swinging, and missing a lot, but he's not striking oh, yeah. out because he's not getting deep into counts. I mean, like he's his swing and miss. His swing strike rate seventeen percent, which is really high, but his strikeout rate's down almost ten percent so far this year. He's just he's getting pitches early in counts, swinging early, and kind of not getting deep where the, where the strikeout becomes a thing for him. Maybe pitchers are throwing too many strikes to him. I would definitely agree with that. I would not start him off uh, strike one, strike two. That's for sure. But he's he's matching. He's a guy that, that both of us really, really liked uh, last year mm-hmm. and this year. He started out really hot last year, but then then cooled off. But I think we're going to see uh, a big Castellanos here. I, I love Castellanos, as you, as you know very well. Here's the difference between this year and the other difference between this year and last year is Jesse Winker's batting leadoff most of the time. Yep. Jesse Winker's having a great year. He's had awesome year, yeah. Joey Votto is batting behind him. Quietly, Joey Votto is starting to come around. You know, he had a, a terrible start to the season, but lately he he's starting to hit a little a lot better. He's slugging 449 now. He's at, you know, it's not great. It's but it's wild how much he's changed his approach. He's like kind of a complete he's like a he's like a get the ball, don't work the count, hit the ball hard early in the count. If I swing and miss, it's okay. He's like completely changed his game. It's pretty wild to look at. Because he's so analytical. Over yeah. the last 14 days, he's he's got an 833 OPS. Over the last 21 days, 950. Now, he was running into a lot of tough luck outs early on in the season. And he's, he's kind of changed that a little bit there, too. Some of the, you know, the, the, the luck has corrected itself a little bit, too. So, all of a sudden, they have to throw strikes to Castellanos every once yeah. in a while. It's not just like, okay, this is a dead lineup. Um, and, you know, you grant, and the thing is, you – yeah, if you can wait to get to Suarez, great. Although Suarez just murdered death, killed a ball today. That was, yeah, still that. hasn't landed. But uh, so he's he's getting closer to being himself. This this Reds lineup has had its moments. Um, it, it you know at home at least they have. On the road they're still kind of sitting ducks. Last guy I want to ask you about before we get out of here. Uh, what does one do in either a twelve or fifteen team league right now with Andres Jimenez? 
What do you do with a scurvy pirate? You make him walk the plank. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you, you, have you seen Backyardigans? It probably I thought maybe Julia might have seen that show, but uh, uh, no, and no Backyardigans. We're a lot of uh, a lot of Peppa Pig, a lot of Curious George. Uh, we haven't done any Backyardigans though. I might have to introduce uh, that. Yeah, you should. Quality show, love All it. Right. But it's, I don't know if it's running live anywhere. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. But get that. Um, I'm sure we can find it on YouTube somewhere. Find a way to stream it. But anyway, under uh, but- oh, that's Sorry. Um, but I mean, so he's got he's got two home runs. He has three stolen bases. Obviously, you if you if you bought him in, the, in your auction, you or you bought you draft him in the league, you're you're doing for the stolen bases. The problem is he's hitting ninth, which makes it really tough. Yeah. He's not getting on base. His OBP is two twenty seven. Hardest steal bases if you're not on base. He's hitting one seventy seven. I mean, he's he's eligible at three positions. His stolen bases are so hard to find. I find him really hard to cut. I have him in a 12 team and I'm finding him hard to play and hard to cut, which is a really bad spot to be in. Yeah, that's a bad combo. And he, you know, he sits every once in a while and he yes. also, you know, only has 63 plate appearances coming in a day. I know he played today, so it changes a little bit, but fact is, I mean, that's, if you're in a 10 or 12 team mixer, that's a cut almost in, in a 15 team where that's where you're in that sweet spot of hell. Uh, yeah, I, I almost cut him today in a 12 and I was going to go one more week just because of the stolen base upside. I mean, he had mm-hmm. 28 stolen bases in 2019 in double a, but he's just not hitting. I, I just wonder how long the Indians leash is going to be with him. He's, they moved it down to ninth. He's done it down there. They said this in spring trains going to be our starting shortstop. And you know, now Ahmed Rosario's there. They could move guys around. They don't really have a lot of outfield options, but I just, I wonder how long they could play this guy when he does have options. They could send him down when the minor league start. Um, I don't know. I just how how long can you have a guy hitting under two hundred and keep playing him when you may have some other options? Yeah, and he's been bad. He was batting ninth in spring training, so this is yeah. not a surprise. Um, I, you know, it's the, the problem is. I mean, who's Rosario is not really that much better. No, he's know? not. He hasn't been very good either. They yeah. don't. They don't have a ton of options, which helps. I just wonder if at some point they've got to not put him in there so much. I mean, I, it was a guy that I didn't like the draft price on. I ended up in one league just. I had a spot where I had no stolen bases. He just kind of fit, and I ended up taking him. But uh, it's 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 hard to play him right now. I mean, I'm, you mentioned Rosario. He's he's not doing – what's he at? He's at 170. What, he's at 211. He had three hits today, so he got over 200 today. But yeah. still not doing much, and you look at that outfield, and it's, you know none of that's really exciting. Josh Naylor is kind of okay, and – you know, Luplo had a really quiet week. He's finally kind of cooled down now. That he's you know facing some righties and realizing that maybe he can't hit them as well as we thought he could earlier in the season. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird lineup as it is. I mean, Jose Ramirez mashes and Rosario's good, and everybody else is kind of. Eh. Yeah, I, I just I don't know what the uh, Cleveland solution is. I mean, it's. I mean, you got to turn to the prospects at some point in time. But why? I mean, at some point, Bobby Radley's got to play. See what he can do instead of throwing Jake Bowers out there, right? One would think, one would think, but uh, here they are, and they just—I mean, Jordan Luplow, uh, i mean, has his moments, and they've been playing him a little bit more. But I mean, he's kind of a known commodity. Yeah, he mashes, he mashes lefties and against righties. His whole career, he's been bad. Grant, he was pretty good this year to start, but it was like twenty-five at bats, and he's getting—he uh, got uh, a little bit this week that he—he he got exposed a little bit with against righties, and he's just yeah. he's a lefty masher, and I think he's kind of one of those guys that just what he is, but. How many chances does Jake Bowers get to prove that he can't hit in the majors? I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah, I, I think so. Minor league season starts on Tuesday, so I, yeah. I think you're, you're going to see about two weeks of minor league play, and you're going to start seeing a lot of moves. Uh, you're going to, you know, these guys, some of these prospects are going to get real competition. They want to see that. Uh, 
I mean, Jared Kilnick, we've been speculating for a while. I think it's pretty clear they want to see him play in the minor leagues a little bit before making that move. But by the way, speaking of which, uh, speaking of which, Kirloff can hit a little bit. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's mashing this weekend. Yeah. Funny how it's just again, ignore spring training numbers and let yeah. the prospect play. They're gonna you know, granted. He, he has this weird, he has a pretty like homer or nothing sort of line. He does. He, does. He, he started off really slow, but I think he had three home runs over the weekend and had another ball off the wall and he was just mashing balls to left center. But uh, yeah. Jimenez has Jimenez has three options. They could definitely send him down once the season starts if they want to just like kind of let him play every day and, and chill out yeah. for a little bit. Yeah, and they got a kid named Tyler Freeman who's a middle infielder too who could eventually play. Interesting. So yeah, that's uh, it's a tough one. It was a guy that was uh, he like moved up in the eighth and ninth round at fifteen teamers, and it's been it's yeah. been rough. So. Yeah, he, he's this year's Delano De Shields Junior winner. Oh, that's never a good thing to win. Uh, anybody else you want to talk about? Anything else on your mind before we get out of here? We've gone a little bit long as we tend to sometimes do on Sunday nights, but uh, anything else on your mind you want to bring up? No, I think I'm pretty well covered here. Can we do twenty more minutes on Sam Burns. Uh, no, we can do that there. Uh, just, but uh, I will say this. Uh, yeah, JP was asking uh, just a quick question on there. Uh, got Chris Paddock. Yes, he was a COVID guy. Uh, although, again, we don't know details on that, uh, whether it's a positive it's test yeah. or if he's close contact or what. So you don't know what to do with him coming in this week. The Padres don't have to say anything. Corbin Burns too. Like we, he was maybe going to yeah. pitch today and didn't, and we have we have no idea when he's going to pitch. And it's, I mean, I, I think you figure he's going to pitch this week, but there's no way for us to know on those. Yeah, who has both uh, Paddock and Burns in a keeper league? This guy. That's uh, Burns has worked out pretty well. Paddock. Nuts. Yeah, I was just going to say, boohoo, cry, cry for me. I'll leave Burns active and absent, knowing like any really negative detail. Whereas Paddock, yeah. I mean, opportunity cost is in his eye. I can just bench him for a week. My conscience. Yeah. The tough, tough one for me is I didn't use Carlos Martinez this week. Cause he wasn't going to, he's going to pitch once. And then Adam Wainwright's brother got COVID. So he had tracing. So Martinez pitched Sunday and pitched really well. So it was, he his two wins that were sitting on my bench, which is always fun in the season where wins are very difficult. Oofta, you know, a shutout at that today. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of some of those things you're just going to, you're going to have problems. You're not going to be able to get around. We're still in the, you know, COVID is nothing, not as uh, we're not seeing as many as we did last year with, you know, teams missing games and all that, but mm. we're still seeing guys that, and it's weird because you see a guy go in the IL and you're like, Oh, this is terrible. Then he comes back in one or two days. And, you know, that's, or it's really good. I mean, at least Robert had that this week. So it's just right. uh, one of those things that you've had, uh, you got to stay, uh, stay attuned, it, you know, attention to the news and pay attention even more than usual. Yeah, indeed. So cool. Well, thanks for listening to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version. If you have any questions or anything comes up, please uh, hit us up on Twitter. Jeff is at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. Other than that, we are uh, we'll be good to go see you uh, next Sunday night. Take care and have a good week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.